Hello and welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. I'm Bruce Maples, publisher of Forward Kentucky. We often, after an election, interview people who won and ask them how they did it, what was your campaign like, what do you think were the winning topics, so on and so forth. This time I wanted to interview somebody who actually lost their election, mainly because there were some things that were shared about that particular race that I thought were very interesting and I wanted to get a first-hand perspective on it. One of our favorite legislators is Representative Buddy Wheatley from Northern Kentucky, who has served that area with distinction for a while. This year, he lost by a very small number of votes, and I wanted to find out more about why. So let's talk with Buddy Wheatley. So we're here today with Buddy Wheatley, representative from Northern Kentucky. Uh, Buddy Wheatley, welcome to Moving Kentucky Forward. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, an honor to be here, actually. And uh, I look forward to the conversation. We often interview candidates before the election. We occasionally interview people who won their race after the election. But frankly, I don't recall interviewing somebody in the past who actually lost. But you had some really interesting things to say about the loss, and I wanted to explore those a little bit. Uh, let's set some context for our listeners and viewers, though. Uh, what district were you representing before the redistricting and after the redistricting? Okay, well, thank you uh, for giving me an opportunity to do this. You know, the losses, it's still a little bit painful. It stings a little bit, but, uh, you know, I got in this to, to do good for my community and for, for Kentucky. Uh, my original district, the district when I first ran, uh, was comprised of mostly of the downtown part of Covington, what we call inside the I-275 loop. Yeah. Covington and uh, and a community called Ludlow and another couple small communities. Uh, Ludlow's where I went to high school. I lived on the border of Covington and Ludlow, lived there for a no, a no, two different times, very connected to that community. And of course, I was a Covington firefighter, Covington fire chief. Uh, my family roots go back 100 years in the fire department, so very mm. connected to the inner core of Covington. So that was the district that uh, my first two races, um, I won by about 20 percentage points. Um, we knew or I expected during the redistricting there, there to be some changes. Uh, we needed to add a little bit to the population, but they gerrymandered it horribly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, that, that is evident, uh, has been as recently decided by the Franklin Circuit Court there and there are a number of things that happened, but the new district stretched out, uh, sliced up Covington, which had been an intact area for since the state's founding for almost 200 years, and uh, stretched me out into a number of suburbs as I go into southern Kitten County. Kitten County is an elongated county, so it, it stretched out into some suburbs. And fine communities, great communities that have many connections out there. Uh, that was a, one of the major reasons for, we think, for the, uh, for the not having success in this election. There are a couple other really important things that happened too. Um, uh, one being the 
uh, outside money, the dark money that came in, you know, it's, it was very much a, an honor and uh, to have raised the kind of money that I did over $100,000 from um, my family, friends, my local people from, from labor and some other organizations that was all open on the table in the finance reports. Um, and my opponent raised about half of that, but uh, on her behalf, you know, estimates run from 200 to $250,000 was spent right at the end on a bunch of negative ads that had an effect. The other important thing that happened, and again, this, this some of this sounds like sour grapes. It's just a, a, an analysis, I think, that uh, what happened. So uh, in Kenton County, we uh, are a county formerly of 105 precincts, um, as recent as about three or four elections ago, and we're now down to 25 uh, precincts, and the voting mm -hmm. centers were drastically reduced in, in the Democratic-friendly areas of my current uh, new district, and um, we, we had turnout in the, in the very good districts, uh, at least <laughs> the ones that voted for me more, of about 15 to 18 percent, and then the districts that were less favorable um, a lot of straight party ticket voting went, went on in the areas where they had 40 to 45% turnout. Again, that's not great turnout, but more than double what I have in my areas. Well, see, that was one of the things that you mentioned that I was just sort of gobsmacked about, mm -hmm. which was we were talking about turnout across the state. And of course, in some places, it topped 50%. Uh, you know, and you mentioned that these precincts had 15 to 18% turnout. And I was like, what, what happened? That's, that to me seems like a real anomaly. Are you saying that the turnout was that low because of the changes in the voting setup, the precincts, and especially the voting centers that essentially there was voter suppression in that space? You know, I think I, I would hear uh, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, Representative Nemus, uh, refer to it as voter suppression uh, when he talked about this issue uh, post-election uh, in Jefferson County. But yes, that is the situation. And I'll give you the, the biggest, for instance, is uh, a main voting location uh, for several downtown Covington precincts was the Northern Kentucky Convention Center which is a big open space, but for the most part, to go to that convention center and vote, you have to drive in, drive across the street, into a parking lot, get a ticket, go up several flights and come back and go in and vote, go across the street. And Bruce, I think we know that it's a challenge for many people to vote uh, in a regular election. Um, and, and people of limited means, Many who don't have cars are, you know, and this is a new location. It just faced all of the reasons, all of the hurdles that it does take to vote in the first place. So uh, those were really low turnout numbers for me. And when you, you know, you you end up on the short end by 283 votes, easily could have been just that one factor yeah. uh, amongst the many other factors. And here's another thing, and this I didn't refer to in the uh uh, in any of my statements so far, 
The city of Covington has usually a fairly uh, robust election amongst the city commission and the city commission. And I've followed it closely. I used to be a journalist back in the mid eighties, a long time ago. And uh, they've always had competitive races, always had, you know, multiple candidates running for, for four seats, no competitive race in Covington, this, this particular cycle. Hmm. So another factor that probably lowered turnout in itself. So uh, again, these are, these are factors. There are many things that, uh, you know, you analyze these things and our team was great. We did so many wonderful things. We thought, you know, we're doing this, 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 and this, and I could get into details, but we just thought we were doing everything really well, worked really hard, but there could have been, a, you know, this more walking in this area, more targeting in this area, but the outside money, the voting locations, the lack of a Covington race, and by far the biggest issue was the gerrymandering. Yeah. Uh, just to be clear about something, the voting locations are determined by your county election board, board of elections. Uh, do you think that, uh, are they Republican or are they bipartisan? Do you think there was something going on there where they were saying, okay, this is where we need to cut back on the voting locations in order to hurt Buddy Wheatley? Well, um, there's a much I can say about that, Bruce, that I'll, I, I think I, I shouldn't, uh, go into it too much because for one, it gets into a lot of little issues, maybe related locally. But in general, I agree with Representative Nemus, when you limit the voting locations, you have this just super centers, and uh, it's not that easy for people of lesser means to get in, into vote. It was enough voting suppression. How much of it was predetermined, uh, uh, figured out by Republicans. Our county clerk is a Republican. Um, she has been doing it for a number of years and we have been dropping the number of voting locations over the years anyway, uh, to save money and poll workers and, and all of those issues. Um, there's a process to go through to get your voting locations um, uh, permitted or, or okayed by the state board of elections. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of that happens under the radar. It happened months ago. We had a few Democrats really questioning what was going on, but it was a little bit after the fact, a little bit too late. And um, it, there's there's much work that can be done in the future related to how that was really a, a, another factor that, that affected this race and other races. Do you think that one of the lessons that we need to take away from your election and others is that the old methods of doing get out the vote aren't enough. And we're going to have to do a much harder and better job of that because of the issues you're mentioning. That's a good question. Um, and I would say locally in, in our area, the answer is yes. And um, I would even point back to the local Democrats, my campaign, other campaigns, we really need to look at that issue it, because there is, there is historical evidence that voter turnout is a little lower in Northern Kentucky any, anyway. And some of that is attributed to being a, uh, a community part of the greater Cincinnati area. We do not have a local daily newspaper like we used to have too. Um, and uh, there's just not that much media coverage about Frankfurt and Frankfurt issues and state representatives and, 
the governor is covered, but uh, you know, legislative issues are covered a little bit here and there, but not nearly as as much as it is in other areas. And just the uh, the challenge of um, people of means, people of limited means, getting to the polls. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I I think there were people, there were campaigns that would have big loudspeakers walking or, or uh, driving around the neighborhood say today's your voting day please go vote vote it's important and then vote for this candidate and and it it seems uh uh anachronistic at this time but uh, we might need to start doing things like that you know the rides to the polls and all those things are all those things are possibilities too i I seem to remember, and I could be wrong about this, I seem to remember that there was some legislation this past session about helping people get to the polls. Um, am I wrong about that? Or was there some legislation around rides to the polls and helping people get to the polls and so on and so forth? You know, my good friend uh, who's, who, who uh, was a seatmate practically sat right behind me, uh, Republican Ed Massey, uh, had a bill that limited the ability of getting rides to the polls. And I spoke against it, of course, and voted against it. But in essence, it was that a campaign cannot pay people to do rides to the polls. The campaign can get volunteers and do rides to the polls. So it wasn't, you couldn't pay out of campaign funds to do rides to the poll. Of course, dark money could do it. <laughs> but the campaigns themselves couldn't right. and it uh, passed the house uh, not by a wide margin. And I don't think it was successful to, in the Senate or didn't make it to the Senate all the way through. So uh, it, it did not pass into law, but you know, the, there are a lot of things and I, and I know you are aware there are a lot of ways that we can increase access to the polls. We have our issues in Northern Kentucky, this particular election, the gerrymandering, but there's a broad number of things that can be done uh, to make voter access uh, more of a, a thing. You know, I, I appreciate the, the work that the Secretary of State has done, a few other Republican legislators have done, but it's just tiny cracks of what really can happen as far as really opening that door for access to the polls. And we have so many things to do. Voting hours till 7 p.m., voter registration, same day voter registration, uh, primaries, independents voting in the primary, eliminating straight party ticket, which almost every state has done now, but Kentucky has not. In Kenton yep. County, the straight party ticket was 65% for the Republicans, 35% for Democrats. Yeah. Uh, I was a poll worker and we had any number of people come in and be confused about the straight party uh, voting. They would mark that at the top of the ballot and then go down and mark other races, which of course invalidates the ballot. And we had to spoil it and give them another one and so on and so forth. I would love to see that eliminated for sure. The other thing I would like to see, particularly for uh, some of the primary races is ranked choice voting, mm -hmm. where if there's more than two, you can, you know, have a consensus. So, We've talked about some issues that you had and some uh, solutions to those. What sort of feedback have you gotten from either fellow legislators or from the general public uh, after you've lost? 
It's it's been really very very positive, you know, and I appreciate it. I I appreciate their respect for my work, uh, bipartisan, and um, the public themselves too. And and you know, there's a lot of shock in the area because the redistricting is as much as we put it out there. Um, a lot of people thought they were going to go to the polls and vote for me. The whole city of Ludlow, um, you know, the, probably a great majority of them uh, didn't recognize it. They didn't have Buddy Wheatley on the ballot for them. Um, they're, they're, everybody's been really nice. And, uh, you know, they, they empathize with what happened. They want to fix things, um, you know, to maintain that kind of an intensity as far as really getting things done. You know, we'll see what happens, but uh, um, it, it's it feels good. You know, on that on that end, it doesn't feel so good on some other ends. But mm. uh, you know, um, I'm still here. I'm still determined to do good things for the community. How that turns out to be in the future, we'll we'll have to see. Well, of course, I was going to ask you. Okay, what about two years from now? What are you going to do? You were going to ask me, but I, I'll wait till you do. No. Uh, uh, it really is uh, up in the air. It, it's a little over three weeks since election night. Mm -hmm. And by the way, you know, that another just a little uh, further. Uh, uh, the reporting all night was wrong. They were reporting 100 percent in and and me winning by, I don't know, 13 percent or so. But a lot of the suburban precincts had not re reported yet. So. I was getting a lot of congratulatory uh, uh, messages, but uh, sure. it didn't work out that way. So, um, you know, we'll have to really, really have to see. You know, there is a court case going on related to redistricting. Uh, it's a thing that I can't talk about a lot. Uh, I could talk quite a bit, but uh, there's um, other opportunities. You know, my involvement in public life has, has been, or public service has been, to do the best and do the as good as I can for the people that are around me and that I, I'm, I'm very happy to serve and uh, it's a calling. Um, so whether or not this bug uh, still is, is, is active a couple years from now or even a, a year or so now, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, and opportunities are opening up even now. And uh, again, it's I'm taking my time uh, to make any good. decision. Good. Yeah. It, it it, even though a lot of people have moved on, if you are a candidate, whether you win or lose, if you're a candidate, you can't move on that quickly. You've got to work through it in your mind and, and yeah, take your, and I, I think that's good. Take your time to make decisions, especially important decisions. Mm -hmm. And there is the court case. Um, it was uh, knocked down at the circuit court level. I think it was. And then it's supposed to go to the Kentucky Supreme Court still. So we'll have to see. I think it would be really interesting if the Supreme Court of the state looked at the House map and the congressional district map and basically said, are you kidding? Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, the House map, you have to get into specifics like your situation. The congressional map is just ridiculous on the face. It's just like, no, Frankfurt's not in the first district. Um, so I'm hopeful that the Supreme court will look at it and go, you, you know, no, you know, th these are not going to work in the meantime. I know that, uh, you are one of the most respected people in the house, uh, on both sides of the aisle. So however you decide, 
uh, keep us posted because I would love to see you back in there in two years. And um, if not, I'll be interested to see what you do wind up doing. Well, I'll be interested to see what you end up doing too, Bruce. Uh, you're you're a, a voice and a, a platform, and I think it's helpful. And uh, we always, uh, uh, my wife and I uh, have many chats about these things in the over morning coffee, and, and yep. Bruce people's names come up oh at least a dozen times or so in the last yes. year. So well, uh, I look forward to that. I ran for office once. Uh, I loved it. I had a great time. Uh, it was not a good night for the blue team. Uh, so, but, but I enjoyed it. And so that gives me some insight into campaigning and what's involved in that. And yeah, uh, I would be pretty upset if I knew that the uh, redistricting was a significant cause of my losing, but you know, you pick it up and you go again and you do what you got to do. So, uh, I wish you the best. I I know that your heart is in public service, and if and if it's not in the house, it'll be somewhere. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing these things with us. And I hope you're able to convince that county clerk to uh, change the voting location situation a little bit. We're going to work on it. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Thanks for being here. All right. Have a good day. You Take too. Bye bye. That was State Representative Buddy Wheatley of Northern Kentucky talking to us about the recent election and his results and his analysis of what went on. I have to admit, I was a little surprised at one thing he shared, which was how much dark money fell into his district in the last week or so. I knew there was dark money in some of the federal races. I didn't really imagine that there was that much dark money in one house district in our state. That's a topic for another day and certainly something we need to see fixed. But again, I want to thank Buddy Wheatley for being with us. And I do hope that he gives it another shot in two years and we can all work together to put him back over the top and back in the house. Until next time, this is Bruce Maples with Forward Kentucky saying thank you for listening and watching.